Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and uh, I'm just checking in on you. Hola. Bonjour. Bon après-midi, monsieur. Um, Je vais voulu. Um... I'm back into my French and I fucking love, dude, I have been listening to French on the fucking radio and I'm start, I'm telling you, I always think like people always, how'd you learn how to speak English? And they would just, you know, people that move here, also known as immigrants, also known as the enemy of the Republican Party. You don't need any more fucking people, right? And then liberals are all like, I like new people unless they live here next to me. We should let everybody in as long as I don't have to look at them. Liberals are really weird with that. You know, Republicans are just kind of like, you know, Republicans look at the United States like, you know, when you go into a concert and you pull up to that that parking lot to park, they just have that sign full. (laughs) That's how they view immigrants. And then like liberals, I feel like that's bullshit. There's a parking spot there, you know. As long as it's far away from my fucking loft or whatever the hell their deal is. I don't know what it is. I just don't have any faith in fucking humanity and just the awful things that we're doing to one another. Um, At the top level. You know, when you really look at like the worst things that human beings do, it's usually on a collective level in the ver, in the, in the, in the, um, some sort of invasion or some sort of war. And it's always manifested by, uh, these fucking psychos. Everybody else is just kind of fucking cool, you know? You got your occasional serial killer. You got your occasional woman who just makes some shit up about a, uh, uh, someone on the Dodgers pitching staff, and then they find the fucking text messages that sort of shed a whole new light on it, but nobody pays attention because she has a fucking vagina. And then meanwhile, that guy didn't even get a chance to fucking defend himself. You know, you have that shit going on, but that's few and far between. You know what I mean? It's really, I don't, I don't understand like leaders, leaders of the world. It's a bigger thing. It's why I don't watch the fucking news. It's why I stay away from it. And when I spot people that I know are air quote informed, I really think the CIA is the first person that, that looks at the news and then they, they give, you know, they give, you know, they censor it and then give it to CNN and Fox and then they spin it their way. So it's sort of double spun. And then people watch it and then think that they know what's going on and they don't. <laughs> I don't know why that's so fucking, you know, what? my fucking dream would be if everybody just one day on the same fucking day just stopped watching CNN and Fox News. And they were just like, what the fuck? And nobody said anything. And there wasn't any chatter about it on Reddit that we were going to do it. There was no chatter about it on social media. Just everybody just stopped watching those stupid fucking channels. Everybody on those channels and those networks should be tried for treason. All they, Their job every day is to divide America and make us all yell at each other. But just imagine if everybody just stopped watching it and it just all went fucking bankrupt. Right. And then everybody just stopped paying attention to the news, like how freaked out the handful of psychos that run everything. Like, how will we maintain control if they're not reading our lies? 
<laughs> Those are the things that I think about when I'm in a diner, right? I think about that when I go into a diner. I think about how I should get the side salad, but I'm actually going to get the fries extra crispy. And then I also wonder why how a, a store-bought pie be it a slice or the whole thing, never fucking tastes good. But if you make one at home, they're unbelievable. There's just something you cannot buy a store-bought pie at a diner, anywhere. I've never been to a place ever in my life that has good pie. It makes no sense, unless it's like one of those European ones, one of those meat pies, shepherd's pie or some shit like that. Those taste fantastic if you go to the right place, but nowhere in these United States of America, have I ever gone out, you know? Because I remember I used to see that there was, uh, what was it, True Romance? When they were talking about you go see a movie. Was that the movie? You go see the movie, and then you afterwards you go to a diner and you get a slice of pie and you talk about it. And I remember that was old Billy fucking, uh, Billy Roundball, you know? Let's throw the rock around. I was all about sports. I, I wasn't into the fucking arts. You know, I didn't know how to write scripts. I didn't know any of that shit. I didn't give a fuck about cinema. I mean, I liked it, but I was like more like, you know, I just went to these these action fucking movies. Like me, for like, but my idea of a fucking movie was one guy walks into a bar by himself and everybody tries to beat the fuck out of him and then he beats the fuck out of all of them. Like those were the movies that I watched. I wasn't into, uh, like, I'll be honest with you, all right? I watched Citizen Kane. I didn't get it. I, my, my fucking brain was so ADD. Like I got bored halfway through it. Um, I have to go back and watch it now. Because um, evidently it's supposed to be a really good movie. <laughs> that used to happen to me a lot. Like I had massive, massive fucking... ADD, and I think a lot of it had to do with like how I was born and then also the shit that happened to me and my brain was just fucking, I was like trying to get a squirrel to pay attention. I remember I saw The Usual Suspects and somewhere in that movie I daydreamed and in the end when they found out he was lying and the whole crowd was going like, oh yeah, oh yeah, and he straightened his foot out and shit. I was just like, wow, this must have been really cool if you were paying attention. You know, it's funny, I told Kevin Pollack that one time. I was doing this podcast and before he even finished the story, he started fucking dying laughing because he thought it was hilarious because that's the whole thing of that movie. And then I think over the years through doing, going to therapy and yoga and mushrooms and shit, like I could start watching like movies like The Sixth Sense and, you know, basically if you didn't tell me what the fucking movie was and what was going to happen in the first eight minutes, and I don't mean setting it up, like if I couldn't guess where it was going to go, you know, then, uh, I mean, whatever whatever big surprise turn you had in the end, I, 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 I it was lost on me. Um, so, I think that's a victory now for me, that my brain has calmed down and I can actually enjoy fucking movies. But anyways, they talked about going out and getting a slice of pie, and talking about the movie, and I'm like, that sounds amazing. I'd like to go to a movie with a beautiful struggling actress, and then we go out and get us some pie. No pun intended, you know, maybe get a second slice laptop, everybody, yeah, fucking pussy. Um, 
And I quickly found out going out, like, first of all, most people don't even make a pie. They just make those stupid custards. So they have some store-bought horse shit. And then they just put like this sugary, like almost tastes like air, like just a bunch of Cool Whip. And then they put some chocolate shavings on top. And then they're going to sit there and be like, that's a Boston cream pie. It's like, that isn't. That's a store-bought pie with a whole bunch of fucking whipped cream. Um, is what that is. And it's, uh, this doesn't taste like anything. This tastes like you didn't give a fuck when you made this. You slapped this thing together like it's been here for a while, you know? You know who orders pie too? Fucking old people, you know? And I think most of them are dead now. When I was growing up, old people loved pie. And I'm also finding that a lot of people don't like cake, which really blows my mind. You know, because every day there's somebody's birthday and there's, you know, somebody getting a birthday cake and there's like a really good chance that they don't even like it. Happy birthday, dear Philip. Oh, Jesus, why'd they get me a cake? Happy birthday to you. I mean, they really, even my friends, if they don't know that about me. How old are you now? Um... You know, there's a lot of hate going around, too, about the fucking red velvet cake, which I think is really sort of ginger adjacent. It's funny, like, no one has a problem with, like, the chocolate cake, you know, the cake of color. Nobody has a problem with, uh, what's another kind of cake? The German chocolate or anything like that. The one that gets all the fucking hate is the, uh, it's the red velvet one. What's the matter? You guys can't handle a tender ginger? Um, I am literally not talking about anything. This is a very confusing time of year for me. I'm trying to watch NFL football, October baseball, and my Boston Bruins start tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks and the latest fucking, you know, superstar that's named Connor. And I guess he went out for pregame warm-ups without his helmet on, which was really sort of a musical theater thing to do, I felt. I guess him, I guess he and somebody else got fucking fined 2,500 bucks for not having their helmet on, you know, but I get it. He's 19 years old. He's in Chicago. There's a bunch of hotties in the crowd. You know, he wants them to see, look at me, look at me all young and good looking, making a bunch of money. Who wants to ride it? Who wants to ride my fucking stick after the game? And that's what he was doing. That's what I think. Trying to cause controversy. So anyway, we, we're playing them tonight. And I got Thursday night football. I got to watch inside the NFL. I got October baseball. I'm so fucking the team that I was going to watch. The, uh, the Baltimore Orioles. They got swept. I was talking to Josh Adam Myers about it. He's a Baltimore guy. He's, he was right. He's like, ah, you know, they're young. 101 fucking wins right down the goddamn tubes. I know what that feels like last season with the Bruins. We had 101 wins. We had 101 wins last year in an 82-game series season. I mean, figure that one out. No, we had a bunch, you know, and then we fucking lost to the Panthers. Goddamn seven-game series. I still maintain that Kachuk kid should have been the fucking finals MVP. Stanley Cup final MVP or whatever, uh, or whatever the playoff MVP. There's no fucking way that team should have gone that far. That guy, how many times did he score the tying or go-ahead goal? You know, guy did it with a fucking cracked sternum. 
His brother had to come in and help him get dressed for Christ's sake, and he still goes out and scores a fucking goal. And then you got me out there at pickup hockey. I take one, I take a wrist shot off my fucking toe, and I'm done for the night. Skates are coming off. I'm getting back into a hybrid vehicle. I have my, I have my, my foot elevated up on the dashboard. You know, you know how whores drive down the street? You ever seen them? You ever see a whore driving down the street? One foot on the gas and the other one's like fucking hanging out the window. It's like, it's just this never-ending cycle of getting fucked and giving birth. So they're just like, that's their muscle memory of how when they sit down. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, so I've been back on the, uh, off of the road here. And I got a uh, I got a benefit tomorrow night, for or tonight when this thing comes out, for the people out there in Hawaii and all that horrible shit that happened to them. And like, look at all that stuff. How it looked like a controlled burn, like something. I I want to believe that conspiracy theory, but I'm just like, why not just eminent domain the whole thing? That's what they usually do. Like, oh, we got to put a Trader Joe's here, and then they just kick you out. And then you're like, the, the supermarket's never built. Then a big glass mansion goes up and you're like, hey, wait a minute. Can I speak to the senator? We're sorry, he's not in right now. Can we take a message? Um, so yeah, Ahmed Ahmed's put, put something together. So he asked me to do it. So all accolades go to him. He's the one who put it together. So I'll be doing that. But other than that, I've just been hanging out with my kids uh, I made some pumpkin bread because it's that time of year. Instead of doing popcorn in a movie, this time of year we do pumpkin bread in a movie, which is fantastic. No pie, even though I can make... You know something? I swear to God, if I ever had to get out of this business, okay, old Billy Pie Face would immediately open. I would make a couple of fucking pies. That would be it. I'd have a little fucking van. Like, this is how much my life would shrink. You know, everyone in my life would leave me. All right, everybody leaves me and then I'm just out there by myself and I got this van and I got to pick up the pieces, you know? And I don't know which way to go. And I just, I know what, give the masses what they want. They want a store-bought pie that tastes like it was made at home. You tell me one fucking place that does it. All right, first of all, you got the worst of the worst, like McDonald's. Whatever the fuck they had, it was like they were trying to end the pie's existence. You know, like how Clear Channel destroyed radio? Like McDonald's with apple pie. They made the Clear Channel version of apple pie. I mean, how do you make a flavorless apple pie? And by the way, do you ever wonder what, what is in that fucking goo, that filling? They got the apples, but like the the... The other stuff that's in there that's supposed to be like sugar and lemon juice and uh, what else do you fucking... I can't even remember. I haven't made one in so long. What the fuck else did I used to put in? I don't know. It's a really, you know, it's a small little concoction and that's what you bathe all the apple slices in. I don't know what theirs is, but you know. You know what it is. You know it's that pink slime that they put in their burgers. They just put sugar in it and they just inject it into that fucking... It's terrible. You know what kills me? Is I would always get it, hoping to get a good one, and they never tasted good, and I would still fucking get one when I was a kid. And then finally I was just like, this tastes like shit, and it's burning my fucking mouth. And I finally stopped doing it. 
And I can't even tell you the last time I had one. Like the last time I had one, it looked like a burrito that you deep fried, like a little one. Um, it was like shaped like a fucking blackboard eraser. That was the last time I had one of their apple pies. I don't know. I kind of lost touch with McDonald's a long time ago. When all of a sudden they got out of their wheelhouse where they just started to like, when they had like a salad bar. It's like, just don't do that. You know what that reminded me of is like some of the metal bands that got in right at the end of the fucking heavy metal scene and then grunge took over and they were totally like leathered out with eyeliner in like when their 90, 1991 album came out and then when they did their follow-up in 1993, they were wearing flannels and trying to do the fucking grunge thing. You know? <laughs> that's like, the fuck are you doing? I feel like that's what... Uh, I don't even know what my fucking point was. Somehow that made me think of that. The switch that they did on the fucking apple pie. It's not going to be a triangle. It's going to be shaped like a fucking log. It's going to look like what your body wants to do. Just shit this thing out. I'll tell you the only band I ever saw that did sort of the glam metal thing and then sort of went into grunge and then found their own way. I don't even think they found their own way. I don't think it was grunge, but it was Pantera. Pantera early on, early on, you know, was doing like the fucking glam thing. And I'm so glad that they didn't because uh, Vinnie Paul, one of my favorite drummers ever, just... One of the, just the, one of the tightest bands ever, and that guy had the sickest fucking groove. Um, and he's also a fucking great guy. He was an also a great guy. I met him a couple times. He would come out to the comedy clubs. Um, but like, you don't want to see that guy in makeup. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just was not a good fucking look. You know, he looks in makeup. He looked when he was in his 20s. He looks he looked like what Kiss looks like now in makeup, you know, when they're a little older and a little fatter. I guess I got to do some reads here. Um, but anyway, Vinnie Paul, man, fucking amazing goddamn drummer. I guess they're back out. What's left of Pantera, which is Rex Brown and Phil are out there. I got to go see them. Um, I should have seen them back in the day. I never did. I got to be honest with you, dude. I'm just too fucking old. You know, and I sit there and I watch these fucking goddamn, uh, like, like cell phone footage of sporting events now. And I'm watching teams scoring touchdowns and then grown men like pelvic pumping right in front of some guy's face that's for like the other team. Like, I think I'm just old now because some of my buddies are going like, dude, I would never go to a sporting event. These fans are fucking animals now. And it's like, I, I actually think they're not as bad. Because there is cell phone cameras everywhere. There's only so much behavior. I mean, there's always going to be fights. But, like, I think our behavior was way... We were way, way, way more overserved when I was a kid. And I just think that... Uh, at least I was. I remember that. I just think, like, when you just... You just get fucking old. You know what it is? You get old. And if you have a house and you have a nice TV, you're just like, why, why the fuck would I go... <laughs> If you're a man of a particular age and you have a nice flat screen fucking TV, you know, and you can hit pause and go out and smoke a cigar and come back and I don't have to listen to people fucking screaming and yelling and getting into fights. And then uh, that's another fucking first down screaming in my fuck. That's another thing. It's just too fucking loud. 
like uh, I actually think a lot of rock concerts now are quieter than like a, an NFL game or like um, a Vegas Knights game. I'm just too fucking old to go to that shit or that Lakers game I went to earlier this year where the DJ literally played the whole fucking game. Um, yeah, I really am. I'm Billy Old Man. You know, that sphere thing. I have no fucking desire to go see that and stand there with a bunch of people with their cell phones out the whole fucking show. Have you seen the videos of those things? Everybody has their fucking thing out. Nobody is filming the band. And then everybody's just looking at the ceiling going, oh my God, dude. Oh my God, what the fuck? It's like the whole time. <laughs> and Bono's down there trying to save the world and no one's listening to him. Um, See the something, fucking something. It's never the biggest U2 fan. Radio, more. Da-da-dee, ba-ba-da, and I wait. Uh, I actually, you know, I always kind of like U2, but then he had this bit he was doing where he was bringing guys' girlfriends out of the crowd, and he was, like, singing to them and spooning with them. And right there, just as a man, you should be allowed to go on stage and beat the shit out of him. And his security be like, all right, listen, you know, we're here for psychos. What you're doing with this man's girlfriend in front of him and everybody else, like, you should be getting this. This is a natural response. This person is not a psycho. You know, I was on Instagram and somebody was saying that this guy came out and he said to the crowd tonight, you guys are all my girlfriends and the women all go nuts. And you stand there as like a guy like, dude, what the fuck? Don't do that passive aggressive shit. Fuck you. And your fucking music. <laughs> I'll tell you, it was a wild one. Do you remember a long time? I remember a long time ago, one of those pop stars, I don't want to say the wrong person, but would literally bring a guy out of the crowd and do a fucking lap dance with the dude. And this woman was smoking hot, and I cannot imagine if you were there with your wife or your girlfriend, she's up there fucking putting her iconic clam on your junk, you know, and you're just sitting there like, dude, I work at Home Depot. I never thought that my dick was going to be around one of these Mount Rushmore vaginas. You know what sucks is afterwards, if you were there with your girlfriend, you'd have to act like you were embarrassed, like you didn't enjoy it. I bet you fucking loved that, didn't you? Of course I did. It was fucking amazing. (laughs) I would have fucked her in front of you. I mean, what are we doing here? You know? Lenny Kravitz brought you up on stage and started dry humping you and you started telling me that you didn't enjoy it. Like, I'm going to, I'm like, I'm going to fucking believe that. Fucking dreadlocked cunt was all over you. (laughs) You know, it's, you know, you, it takes a certain level of good looking to pull off leather pants and you're almost 60. Lenny Kravitz still doing it. You know, there's only two guys I ever saw over the age of uh, 50 that could still pull off leather pants. Lenny Kravitz and Rob Halford. All right. Everyone. That's 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 for everyone. There's something for everyone in those two people. Um, (laughs) I actually a buddy of mine went to go see Judas Priest the other night. And uh, he sent me some video. And Rob Halford sounds as great as he, he ever has. Guy's fucking 72 years old. Sounds absolutely amazing. And 
I have to see them on this goddamn tour. All right? Um, and I'm thinking the last time I went to go see him is the only time I ever saw him. It was the first time I ever went to a concert. And I'm sitting there going, Rob Halford is 72 years old. The last time I saw him in concert, he was 34. Something like that. No. Wait. Yeah. I was 18. <laughs> On the uh, Fuel for Life tour. All right. Let me, let me do a little read here. Um, ACDC's coming back out. I got to catch them because, you know, it's a lot of these people. You don't, you don't know if this is their last time fucking out. You know, I'm not saying they're going to die, but they might also be like, why don't I just go out, make money one more time and fucking chill? I've been around the world a thousand fucking times. Do I really need to do it a thousand and one? I don't think so. All right, here we go. Uh, all right, I got a little fucking read here. Oh, look who it is, everybody. It's old Zip. Recruiter. Right now, I'd like to give a shout out to all those people whose job it is to hire from the small business owners growing their team to the HR directors hiring hundreds across the nation. You have one of the toughest jobs there is. All right, let's, let's not fucking exist. It's a pain in the ass, all right? I don't think I want to be drilling for oil and be one of those guys that's just covered in oil connecting those pipes. I think I'd rather be sitting there going like, God, how do I get somebody to work the break room? Uh, but what if I were to tell you that there's something that can make your whole hiring process faster and easier? Yes, it's Zip. Screwed up. Um, and right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. Instead of you doing all the work, instead of you doing all the work for the hiring and all of that Bullstein shit, um, you just leave it up to Zip. Let them do the work for you. Once you post your job on Zip, uh, it sends it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's powerful technology scans thousands of resumes for you to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Hiring heroes, let ZipRecruiter make your job easier. Four to five employers who post on Zip. Uh, get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. Spell out Burr. B-U-R-R. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. Um, all right. Well, that's going to be the podcast for today. Here we go, Bruins. Here we go. I'm excited. Uh, we got James Van Reemdyke. Reemsdyke, however the fuck you say it, from the Flyers. He's on our first line with Pasternak. I think DeBrusque is up on our first line. Then we got Charlie Cole, Coyle, Brad Marchand. Maybe that has DeBrusque on that line. And then we got that kid there that was killing it on the uh, on the third line. We got Luch on the fourth line. I think you know. I think we're gonna be all right. I think we're gonna surprise some people. You know, haven't I? Mean, I gotta be honest with you. The work that we did here, you know, considering Patrice Bergeron and David Craigie retired, I mean, that was like, I think, you know, other than Brad Marchand, Brad Marchand might be the last guy left from our 2011 Stanley Cup 
team. So um, I don't know. I think we could be looking a lot worse. And uh, I don't know. I just love fucking hockey. I'm very excited that it's back. I'm going to enjoy it. And that is it. Anyway, have a great weekend, you cunts. And uh, I will talk to you on Monday. Enjoy the music. And then we have a bonus episode of the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast after the music. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's time for the Monday morning podcast for Monday. Uh, what the hell is it? October 12th, 2015. What's going on? How are you? Um, I'm recording this Sunday because as you're listening to this, um, unless I post it tonight, or who's getting who? My podcast guy posted because I don't know how to do it. Um, I'll actually, I got some acting work uh, Monday and Tuesday. So as always, I never tell you what the hell I'm doing because, you know, you can get edited out and then you look like an asshole. Like you say, hey, everybody, look for me. I'll be that guy in that thing. And then all of a sudden you're not in it. And then everybody goes, hey, I thought you were going to be in that, you know? Laughing my ass off, epic fail actor, balding, redheaded cunt. You know, I got to deal with that all day. So I usually don't say anything, but I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. It's funny shit. And uh, so that's what I got to do over the next couple of days. But um, so it's football Sunday. I'm recording this right as the, uh, the Patriots and Cowboys game just ended. I'm not going to gloat. Um, I know that that was a banged up uh, Cowboys. Damn it. Come on. I think the last play of the game when you guys, your receiver beat our cornerback and the ball still s- sailed like eight feet over his fucking head. <laughs> I felt bad for that. Was it number 83? I don't know who he is, so I know he needs those stats. They all need the stats. That's how they make their money. You know, the end of the season when they're, 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 uh, they're, their sports uh, agent comes in. Hey, I mean, the guy, I mean, not for nothing. The guy, uh, he had fucking 17 touchdowns. So after 16, that means he fucking makes an extra 400 grand. So if this guy comes up one short, you think he's not going to be thinking about that? You know, when they have the Cowboys Christmas party and they don't make the playoffs, you don't think 83 is going to be staring at that fucking uh, that radio contest winner that they had at quarterback? I shouldn't talk shit about him. You know, I don't know anything about him either. But um, that play really made me laugh because after the ball goes over 83's head, I think that's his number, right? You see him yelling at the corner and the corner's kind of laughing back at him. And you know he was going like, I fucking beat you again. I should have had fucking 150 yards on you if this guy could fucking throw it to me. And the other guy doesn't give a shit because he knows in the end, right? It's just going to show up on the stat sheet who gives a shit. So uh, anyways, so, you know, I felt bad for the Cowboys. You know what I mean? Snake bitten. They're just fucking snake bitten. They look like they were going to be good. Tony Romo gets hurt. All that bullshit, you know. But uh, I do think on one level it was uh, justice by the football gods that the Patriots, who some people were suggesting... You know, if the Brady suspension went through, could have been 0-4, 1-3, 2-2, that we're actually 4-0. I think that that means the football gods know that Tom Brady did not cheat. Okay? Oh, you guys can fucking roll your eyes and shake your heads all you want. You know what the greatest thing about it is? Is I can't hear you right now. You ever think about that? I can't hear you, but you can hear me. So you, you have to listen to this shit. All right? You don't have to, but I know if you're listening to this shit right now, you're probably doing something you don't want to be doing and you need to be distracted. So all you can do is sit there and hope that maybe it's going to get better. Or you could fast forward through it. 
Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to talk about this for another couple, two or three minutes. So you might want to jump ahead. You know? If you're a fucking, uh, who the big crybaby? If you're a Colts fan, you know? It sucks that Andrew Luck is hurt, man. I want to go in there and I, I want the Patriots. Like I just said, I want to go in there. Ah, fuck, somebody's at the door. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hang on. All right, I'm back. Cleo, get over there and lay down. This is what happens when you got a crazy pit bull. You got to make sure you... Wait, 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 wait. You got to close all the fucking doors so you don't eat anybody. Lay down, buddy. Lay down, buddy. All right. Sorry. Sorry. I'm back. I'm back. Dog's crazy, man. Dog. Dog is awesome. But uh, she's only awesome to like seven people and everybody else. Look at her right now. She's sitting in the be- her bed with her ears up. You know what I mean? Listening intently. Totally locked in. That terrier gene. Cleo. Still not looking. Let's see how loud I have to say her name. Cleo. 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 There we go. Relax. Stand down. Um, anyways, I like how he said, I want to go in there. I want to go into Indianapolis and I want to sit there and eat a fucking sausage king because I watch athletes play at a professional level. No, I was saying, I want to. Uh, I wanted, I wanted to see the Patriots, you know, go in and play the Colts at full fucking strength. If we go in next week, okay, and if we win, God willing, you know, Andrew Luck's not 100%, so I'm not going to gloat about that one. I hate when fucking people do that shit, you know what I mean? So, uh, but what a, what, a, what a week of the NFL. There were so many games, that, those 1 o'clock games that I just thought were, were over. You know, all right, Browns are getting their ass kicked. Seattle's killing fucking Cincinnati. There was one other one in there. Um, Cincinnati came back. The Browns came back. Who else came back? There was like three fucking games in the beginning. Ah, Christ. I can't. Oh, the Bills. The Bills ended up coming back, too. I was watching that game. Um, you know, Titans are young. They don't know how to close out a team yet. But uh, I'm always watching Rex Ryan, man. I like the way that guy coaches. And it's funny to see him lose. Nobody takes off a fucking headset. When he loses like him, he's always good for a couple of curses. Fucking shit, he tears, <laughs> tears the fucking thing off. But, um, yeah, so anyways, I actually totally got off track. So I was talking about, like, I literally think that uh, not to make excuses for uh, how dumb I am, but there, I really think there's something wrong with the way my brain is wired, the way I, when I visually look at something and try and process it. And this fucking flyer, it had, it didn't have, uh, you know, the thing was, the show was down at the Shrine Auditorium or something like that, which I found out Led Zeppelin actually played at. Um, I was not in that theater, obviously. (laughs) I was in the, I was in basically the hallway area that led to the arena that, uh, the theater, I should say, that, um, that Zeppelin played in. And um, anyways, but I noticed the flyer, it completely fucked me up because at the, the, there was shows from basically like three in the afternoon to 12 midnight. So when they listed the shows, for some reason, they started at 12 midnight and they went backwards. And then the block that I was in was basically Largo Comics with um, Veruca Salt's band it was actually the band that you got to play with, which is fucking awesome, right? And just the way they, they had it, like, instead of going down, you know, 
I can't even explain it. I mean, wouldn't you go fucking like five, six, seven, eight? You wouldn't go 12, 11, right? But if I had any sort of like learning, like visual ability, I would have just looked at it. Like I just look at something like that and I just go like, when I see all of that shit, it just, my brain just goes like, ah, I can't even fucking see it. Totally turns my brain to mush. And all I saw was Largo. So my dumbass drives to Largo. Now, obviously, most of you don't live out here. So Largo is basically without traffic is about 20, 25 minutes away from the Shrine Auditorium. So there's always traffic here. So it was a colossal fuck up on my part. And um, and of course, I, I didn't bring the, the I had the parking passes and the wristband. I had all of that laid out ready to go and my brain kept saying for days and days and days going make sure you have that make sure you have that and as i was getting ready to leave i saw it on the desk i'm like oh yeah that thing that thing and then i fucking go to get my keys and then i walk out the door without the parking pass without the wristband driving to largo the exact opposite direction when i'm supposed to go to the other fucking place it was a uh, an absolute shit show and i really on the way over um I can't bring myself to say it because I've always said that it's just an excuse. But I would just say there's something fucked up with the way my brain is wired. Because my whole life, it's just like, it's like, I don't think I'm dumb, but I continue to do dumb shit. So the end of the day, right, it's the results. That's like saying I'm a good quarterback, but I keep losing the game, right? So at the end of the day, yeah, you suck as a quarterback. So I would love to hear, you know, considering I'm not a doctor, obviously. Obviously. I'd like to hear your guys' analysis because that's what this whole fucking internet thing is about. The internet is about people who have absolutely zero qualification just chiming in with their opinion, just going on and fuck. That's what this podcast is. I haven't looked up any of that. I don't fucking know anything, right? So anyway, so I drive over to the, um, the venue and uh, it's a fucking gigantic place. It's one of those places where they bring you into it. You don't even know what it looks like. It's so fucking big. I came in from like the parking structure. And uh, I get in and I'm walking by and there's the open area that I'm going to be on that stage. And then I walk by and then I go by the theater that evidently Led Zeppelin played at. And uh, Reggie Watts is on stage, of course, crushing it. I went upstairs. I met the people in the band. And then they basically just fucking ran through If You Want Blood, and I sat there air drumming. And that's one of those songs that fades out. So the big thing was like, all right, how the fuck are we going to end this song? Um, And they were like, all right, let's do it. So then when I came back downstairs, I'm walking by that. It was this weird thing where you walked behind the theater where the guy was on stage. I can't even explain it. I can't even explain it. So this time when I go down, Reggie is finishing up. I walk in, go out into this hall fucking area, and then we're in the, the basically the giant open area that looks it looks like a giant mall after the apocalypse. There was an upper deck, but there was no stores, and it wasn't really well lit. And um, so, anyways, the show starts. Greg Barron kills Tig Notaro's killing, so I'm thinking everybody's killing. I got to get my shit together. So when I walked into the other area um, to get my head together. Um, I looked and Super Dave Osborne was on stage where Reggie was just on stage. And for guys my age, 
and older. You remember him from uh, that show Bizarre. And I'm definitely going to, uh, I got to put up some clips. Hopefully I'll fucking remember. I always say, oh, yeah, I'm going to put up some clips. And then I talk for another 50 minutes and I forget it. But uh, he was on stage and um, I would have loved to have met that guy. That guy used to fucking kill me when I was a kid. And, um, but anyways, Jesus, Bill, get to the fucking point here. So I go on stage, I do my thing and, um, uh, tell my jokes or whatever. And now I'm going to go back and go play the fucking drums. You know, when you sit down on somebody else's kit, it's like driving somebody else's car. The chair's either too fucking close to the steering wheel or not, the hi-hat and all that stuff. So I sit down, we start fucking playing. I fuck it up from the very beginning. Uh, not in a bad way. I'm just... I'm just not playing it the way it is on the album. And I can see the guitar player looking at me like, dude, what the fuck? You didn't do that upstairs. So I continue doing the same mistake, but on time. So, you know, nobody fucking notices, but he's looking at me like, wow, is this going to be a train wreck? Or at least I felt he was. It's probably my own insecurity. And then we start to play and I can't hear anything. I couldn't even hear the bass drum. And it was like, wow. This is, I, I didn't realize that musicians have to deal with this shit, so it was kind of cool. So I'm literally can almost hear one of the guitarists, and I'm watching his foot, and I just started humming the song in my head. I'm just doing that. Screaming up, living in a human zoo, and I'm just back there humming this fucking song. But it was great. They kept turning around looking at me when we were going into the verse, so it ended up going uh, going great, but... The highlight of it, other than getting to play with Farouk Assault, which is the fucking shit, um, they totally rocked the whole fucking night, right? I was, uh, at one point, I looked up at the crowd, because that was one of my goals. Just like with stand-up, like I had to be like, I'm taking the mic out of the mic stand, I'm baby-stepping this thing with every once in a while playing out, playing drums, right? I actually was trying to look up at the crowd more, so at one point, I'm looking up to the crowd as I'm humming the song, because I can't, I can barely hear people, um... I saw this woman in the crowd, and she was standing there. She wasn't moving at all, wasn't tapping her toes, wasn't fucking nodding her head, nothing. And she had this blank stare, but she wasn't looking at anybody. She was just sort of daydreaming, standing right in the front. She was like the poster child for like being completely disconnected to anything that was going on stage. And when I saw her, the old me, that would have crushed me. Because I was so self-conscious about my playing. But when I saw her, I actually looked down. I just looked down and I started laughing. And uh, I didn't think about it until I was driving away when I was critiquing the shit out of everything I did. I was actually driving away. And I, I took that. That was my victory on that one. Was that uh, she clearly was not into it. And it didn't rattle me. It actually made me laugh. And I was able to find the humor in that. And I was talking to another comic about it. And I, I feel like uh, that's the difference between a performer that stays doing it and somebody who just after a while just quits. I'm not saying one person is better than another, but in order to fucking do any sort of performing, you have to find the humor in bombing or you're fucked. You have to be able to look at somebody as you're trying your fucking hardest and they're just sitting there like, I mean, dude, she was thinking about next Wednesday or some shit or something from her childhood. Like she was that far <laughs> into daydreaming. It was fucking brutal. And you got to be able to look at that and just be like, what I'm doing right now made her do that. You know, like 
that's how bad I am right now. So whatever. I was able to shake it off. You know, it's hopefully the Cowboys will be able to shake off today's loss. Right there. Did I bring it back? Speaking of losing, uh, my Boston Bruins, my beloved. Here we go, Bruins. Here we go. Are, um, they're 0-2. Now, we, we got shellacked by Winnipeg. We played good for a period and a half, you know. But then again, you know, the game is three periods. But whatever. It's a brand new fucking team. We got rid of everybody. They got to figure out how they're going to gel, right? So I'm not freaking out yet. And I don't have any, you know, ridiculous expectations, especially of uh, our coach, Claude Julian. And I already heard one guy go after we lost to Montreal he goes, you know, they, uh, is it time to shorten up the leash on Claude Julian? It's like, why, why would you do that? Does he suddenly not know, know, understand the game of hockey? Why would you blame the fact that they're 0-2 on him? This guy coached the team when he had the players to winning a fucking Stanley Cup. That was only four years ago. It's not like it was 40 years ago. The game hasn't passed the dude by. Okay, in that time, we lost Tyler Sagan, Johnny Boychuk, Dougie Hamilton, and Lucic, the face of our franchise. It's a whole new fucking team. When he had those guys, most of those guys, I don't think Dougie was on the 2011 team yet. I can't remember. He won a cup. So I don't think, you know, if, you, if you're going to bitch when they're trying to redo the whole fucking team after two losses, if you got to bitch about anybody... You got a bitch about our new GM, Don Sweeney. That's the guy who should take be taking the heat, not the fucking coach. You know who would say shit like that? Dan Shaughnessy. Dan Shaughnessy would say shit like that because the man doesn't watch hockey. So anyways, I actually saw a lot of positives in the um, yet another loss um, to the Canadians, the hated Canadians. Um, so many new play- I mean, I didn't get to watch the Winnipeg game, but Joe Bartnick from Puck Off podcast told me that uh winnipeg is a force and that there's no fucking shame in losing to them and you know they're loaded which is fucking annoying to me it's like well how are they loaded how, how are they under the salary cap and they're fucking loaded i don't understand how do they what do they have more money than us they're in fucking winnipeg i've been to winnipeg all right i don't know what the fuck you do out there but somehow they got more money than us why because they're always digging a new fucking canal for a mall because it's too cold to be outside maybe is that what it is i don't fucking know but anyways, I saw some uh, I saw some positive shit. Jesus Christ, we had like seven penalties. And to all you Canadian fans out there, I'll admit we were guilty of all of them. I didn't have a problem with any of the calls, um, even the five-minute one that Spooner took, right? That gave him the game misconduct. Uh, I didn't have a problem with any of those. Carey Price looked fucking great. And, uh, but, you know... Other than the first penalty kill, which we look like a beer league team, um, you know, we killed off all those, including a five-minute major. At one point, we were when uh, what's his face? Um, um, good Lord, Bill, what is wrong with your brain right now? Brad Marchand, Jesus Christ, he took a penalty. We actually had a five-on-three. They had a five-on-three for a minute. We still killed that. We had a goal called back. I didn't have a problem with that either. We, we were literally laying on the dude's mask, but uh, I don't know. I didn't think we were bad. We were competitive. I'll give us that. So I'm sticking it out. I'm watching every game. We got Tampa Bay next. We'll probably lose to that one. You know, I don't know. 
as Bartnick told me, we got to beat the bad teams and fucking hang in there. And uh, who knows? We've gotten rid of everybody. I got to think that we have some salary cap uh, money left over that maybe we can pick somebody up or something. I don't fucking know. I don't know what they're doing, but don't blame the fucking coach for the love of God. We don't even have Chara. Chara's out right now. Um, but I like that number 39 kid that we got from the Ducks. That, uh, how do you say his name? Matt Bolesky or whatever. He looks good. Pasternak is going to be great. I think uh, we got some shit. Got some shit, right? Craigie's healthy. Craigie, Patrice Bergeron, you know? I think we'll be okay. <laughs> um, whatever. I'm not going to be one of those guys that fucking bitch moans and complains, all right? We did, we did fine. Did find those first two games. I'm still going to watch them. You know, if they keep playing the way that they're playing, I'm, I'm all right with it. I can handle that. As long as whatever Don Sweeney's doing is leading towards the light, you know? Actually, Marshawn took a fucking elbow to the head at the end of the game. I think he's got a concussion. That's brutal. One of our best fucking guys, right? And uh, I don't think it was deliberate. You never know. But I just think the guy was so much taller than him. He was just trying to do the contact thing. Um, you see this, people? This is like actually seeing both sides of it. I did that with the Patriots. I'm doing it with the Bruins, right? I am being a model sports fan right now. You like that? You probably don't because it's probably not as funny. You really want me to fucking go off on some shit. Is that, is that what you want? I'll tell you what I'm going to go off on. Like, I actually uh, I'm a, I felt bad for McDonald's. You know? First of all, this whole excitement that they're trying to create about the fact that they're serving breakfast all day. I mean, I might be out of the loop. You know, I'm an older fella, but nobody I knew I know is has ever bitched that McDonald's doesn't serve breakfast all day. They might bitch, you know, when you show up at 1031. Are you still serving breakfast? No, I'm sorry. You know, and you got a hangover and you just want one of their fucking sausage, egg and cheese. And now you got to get like a quarter pounder. You know, something about the eggs. You know, you did, I got to eat some eggs in there. A little bit of biscuit. Right. I can see that. And I can see them, hey, from now now on, we're going to be serving uh, breakfast until 11 a.m. That would have been fine. But to watch these guys just cave in to their fan base and just say, you know what? Okay, you know what, you guys, you win. You win. You can have breakfast all day long. To watch them do that. It's like watching a great artist just completely sell out, right? And just start, you know, making songs that really meant something and connected with you to just do it. Remember that time when Brian Adams put on the eyeliner and spiked up his fucking hair? It was just like, how, was, how did the summer of 69 guy go from this to that? Well, what happened? That's what McDonald's is doing right now. They got their eyeliner on. They got their fucking hair all spiked up. They might as well it just, you know, when they announced that they fucking going to do breakfast all day, they might as well have had Ronald McDonald behind two turntables pretending to be like a DJ. You know, have a little self-esteem, McDonald's. Don't fucking give in to these fucking animals. Fuck them. If you can't roll your fat ass out of bed by 10 or 1030, you're getting a burger. All right. Fuck you. I'm going to make eggs for you all goddamn day. I'm not. Fucking burgers like 99 cents. What more could we be doing for you? Could we doing for you? What more could we be doing for you? See that? That's that fucking hiccup in my brain. Um... I think it's a bad move. You don't see Wendy's doing that. Wendy's doesn't even serve breakfast. They're like, fuck you. We make hamburgers. And you know what? They're square. Deal with it. Right? McDonald's, you're the dealer. You're the pusher. Okay? You let the junkies come to you. You don't start slashing prices. 
Okay, I understand. Okay, you, you, you're fucking billions and billions of served. The formula fucking works. What are they so afraid of? Because I'll tell you right now, you know what sucks? Denny's. Let's just talk breakfast food right here, you know? Denny's fucking blows. I don't know what it is about them. They are like, like IHOP is like the IROC Z, and Denny's is just the, the regular, you got a Camaro, but it's got a V6 in it. I don't know why. They serve the exact same, the exact same, they almost have the same menu. They just call it different shit, right? It's like McDonald's and McDowell's, right? But there's something about IHOP, you know? Their, their, their pancakes, they're more fluffier. Bacon's a little more crispier. I like their toast better. You know, eggs are eggs, whatever. You know, don't ever order scrambled eggs. If you want scrambled eggs, you make them yourself. Okay? They just, nobody knows how to make fucking scrambled eggs. Nobody knows how to make oatmeal. They know how to make oatmeal, but they made it like nine hours ago, and they just stick it in a giant vat. I'll give you guys a great tip on fucking when you make scrambled eggs. All right? When you scramble them. You got to scramble the shit out of them. All right. When I scramble eggs, all right, put two or three in the bowl. Okay. It's like a cooking show, except you're listening to it, right? Um, you fucking, <laughs> you know how the hell I even got on the subject. How the fuck does this happen? I'm telling you guys how to scramble eggs. Do you realize how insulted you should be right now? This is like something you tell a five-year-old, but this is a little secret that I made scrambled eggs forever. And you know what? They tasted like the scrambled eggs at Denny's and I was proud. I was like, these are just like the ones at Denny's, but I didn't realize that Denny's absolutely sucked. Right? So um, I'm just loving all the tweets I'm going to get because you know there's people out there that love Denny's and thinks IHOP stinks. I will tell you this. Denny's table's not as sticky. IHOP has cornered the fucking market. I mean, dude, you put your elbow on that table. If you leave it there for more than three seconds, I mean, somebody's got to get a putty knife or you're not getting it off there. Um so anyways, the, the, the scrambled eggs, this is what you want to do, right? You put two or three in a bowl, whatever you want to fucking do, all right? And then you take out your fork and you start fucking scrambling them. And what a lot of people do is they scramble them for like fucking, you know, 15, 20 seconds tops. You don't want to do that, dude. You want to scramble them for like two minutes. You want to get a bunch of air in there. You want to scramble the shit out of them, right? I learned this from reading an article on James Conn one time. He, he gave you this tip. So this is from him. So if you think I'm a fucking moron, I'm going from a guy who was in Godfather 1 and 2. All right? And Elf. Three of the greatest fucking movies of all time as far as I'm concerned. All right? So anyways, you got to get that air in there. You got to have those bubbles going right over the top. You know what I mean? Like a good milkshake. That's what the fuck it should look like. Meanwhile, you got your pan. Your pan is on high. I know you guys, Christ, you're going to cook the shit out of it. No. What you're going to do is the second you pour it in, you're going to be constantly moving that motherfucker, right? You put it in the, right? You got the pan. You got your little fucking whatever you use, right? Your olive oil, whatever the fuck. You, I wouldn't put butter in there because you got it on high, right? Whatever you spray in there, you pam. Whatever you, whatever you use to deplete the ozone layer. You get that thing on high, Right? And right as whatever you put in there just starts to seem like it's going to start smoking, you pour that shit in there. And it goes, whoosh, and then you move that fucker around like a stir fry. You don't stop moving that thing, right? And when it looks like it's about halfway done, you pull the frying pan off the burner and you finish it that way. Then you take it, you fucking dump it on, and you're done. That's it. Oh, at some point you put some sea salt in there too, Whatever, however, however you want to garnish it. All right? And I'm telling you, they'll be nice and fluffy. All right, 
unlike that horse shit that they have down there at Denny's. And IHOP. IHOP doesn't make good scrambled eggs either. And you got to get cheese in them. You got to get cheese. But that's like ordering a steak and you got to put like fucking A1 on it because the guy didn't know how to cook it. You should not have to put cheese in your fucking scrambled eggs if you know what you're doing. All right? And you know what? That's one to grow on. There you go. How was that? Took me fucking seven, eight years of doing this podcast, and I finally told you how to scramble a goddamn egg. Um, actually, you know something? The cooking it on a high part and then taking it off, I learned that from Nia. She taught me that thing. Jesus Christ, we're already fucking halfway through this thing. Let me, uh, let me do some of the reads here for this week. How to scramble an egg. What a fucking asshole. Jesus, that must have been. You should really, you should really be fucking offended. You should be offended right now because I'm not really even apologizing to you. I'm just killing time while I try and find where the fuck I put the advertising. Oh, here we go. All right. Jesus, that was great. Got those right out of the way. Got them right out of the way. Okay. Now, where am I going here? Oh, Jesus. I always have like 9 million things opened at the same time here. Why do I do that to myself? Oh, by the way, somebody sent me uh, a link to some fucking music. I only listened to a couple of their songs, but I really liked them. I don't know how to say the name of the band. It's G-O-J-I-R-A. Gojira, Gojira, Gojira. I have no idea. It's the name of the album is From Mars to Sirius. And uh, I usually don't like that music where the people sing like that death metal shit. But these fucking guys, ladies, men and women, I don't know what the fuck they are. They sound like they're a bunch of guys. Um, the album blew me away. The song did anyways. It's called The Heaviest Matter of the Universe. Um, I downloaded the album. It came out in 2006, so uh, I'm a little late to the party there. But um, I want to thank whoever sent me that, um, giving me the heads up, because I really enjoyed that song, and I immediately went and downloaded the entire freaking album over there. Um, All right, what are we up to here? 34 minutes. All right, I'm going to do a couple more, Cleo, and then I'm going to do the questions, and then we're going to get out of here, all right? That doesn't mean you need to come over here. All right, thank you. Thank you for the kisses. Don't be needy. Get out of here. Go over there and lay down. Go on. Get over there. Cleo, please get over there. Thank you. Go on. Lay down. There you go. You got your own fucking couch. How much more could you be spoiled? You know what it is? Was today I watched like the whole, I watched the Bills game, the Browns and and the Bengals game. I was just clicking around with a little bit of the Packers too. And uh, I had the whole house to myself and I was just laying on the couch and she was up on the couch with me laying there like a fucking baby. So now she wants the whole day like that. You know what I mean? She's a spoiled brat. Hey, did you guys see the latest, uh, that fan duel thing where they got Tiki Barber and uh, Rondé Barber, two NFL players talking about it? And I, fa- uh, you know, uh, yeah, just pick out your fucking day and pick up your cash. My favorite thing, there was a guy on there where he, this guy worked on Wall Street. He's crushing it, pilfering from the greatest generation, right? They're too dumb to know what's going on at this point. They don't know what's going on in their portfolios. Stealing from old people, stealing from young people, licensed to steal. The man is on Wall Street. There's nobody watching these cunts. Every once in a while, they throw a celebrity chef in jail to make it look like they're actually paying attention. This guy was on fucking easy street. And for some dumb reason, according to this infomercial, he just decides out of the fucking blue to quit his job and try to win a million dollars on FanDuel. I love that. Like, you, you just can't try that on the weekend? You got to sit there and stare at fucking stats? 
seven days of fucking was for six days before you make your picks. So long story short, the guy goes out. He's in the infomercial, so you know he's not going to lose. And you know what? He goes out and he wins. He wins a million bucks. And you know what he does? You know what he does? Fuckhead that he is. You know what he does? True romance. He fucking quits his job. I'm supposed to believe that this guy that works on Wall Street quitted, quit, quitted, quit his fucking six-figure job on Wall Street to make a million dollars. Now, I know some of you fucking, you know, peons on Wall Street are going to be like, oh, you know, I just started. I only make 30 grand a year. I don't give a fuck about you there, baby face, two whiskers. I don't give a fuck about you. All right, you sociopath. You're going to work your way up. This guy was like my age and he was almost as bald as I am, all right? So if he's still on Wall Street, he's making money, all right? He's got a fucking, you know, a goddamn ulcer in his stomach, okay? So I know this guy's making money, so whatever. I don't even know. I don't even know if he fucking works on Wall Street. What the fuck do I know? So anyways, he says that he quit his job. After he made the million, he quit his job. He quit his job on Wall Street because he won a million dollars on FanDuel, which, which after taxes... Is, is going to be more than 50% tax bracket. So let's say he gets to keep about 480, 85 grand after he's done fucking, you know, paying his accountant and all the other bullshit. You know what I mean? Buying his fucking wife the pink Cadillac or the fur coat. Get it out of here. Get it out. Take it back. Get it. What's the matter? What's the matter with you? Right? Once he's done doing all that, right? He's got like fucking 480 grand. He quits his fucking job, and now he's going to take that 480 grand and reinvest in his new business of gambling on football. This fucking guy is going to be homeless. He's going to be homeless. With, I'm, that's what I'm calling it right now. This guy is going to be destitute and fucking. He's going to be one of the guys that Brian Gumble interviews, or actually one of his peons interviews. You know what I mean? He always sends them out. Brian is not going out on, in the field anymore. He's too old for that shit. You know, and then you come back. And he does his follow-up where he has his little clipboard of questions. You know, and the person sits down and he comes back and then he just goes like, oh, oh, whatever the fuck he says, you know. His really high-pitched voice when he's got that little like, oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> they're going to interview this fucking guy. He's going to sit there. You know when Bryant interviews somebody and he just thinks that they're the dumbest fuck on the planet. He does. He does not. He wears his emotions, not on his sleeve. He wears them right on his fucking face. I never understood that. Why, why is it your sleeve? Nobody looks at your sleeve when you're talking. I don't get what that means. I've never understood it, nor did I ever look it up. Considering I got a fucking, I got a goddamn uh, laptop right here. Why don't I look it up? Come on, window, move for me. We got two defensemen on the Bruins right now. Last name, Miller. Dude, what fucking Miller are you talking about? Well, there's fucking two of them. They're both defensemen, Colin and fucking Kevin. Same names as my cousins. Um, hey, did anybody watch the Gas Monkey Garage where they did that fucking 78 Olds Cutlass? What a fucking great car. I'm not the biggest fan of lowriders, but uh, those paint jobs are fucking ridiculous. I think they look cool as shit, but I'm, I'm just... I like the, I like going fast more than just fucking cruising around. But uh, the '78 Olds Cutlass, man, is fucking. Those were the cars, man. When I was a kid, man, from like the like the late '70s to like '85, the Olds Cutlass, the the Chevy Monte Carlo, and the Buick Regal, they were basically all the same body type. 
body type. And I thought that those were the best looking stock cars too, right? Harry Gant, Skull Bandit, Kale Yarborough, Darrell Waltrip. Right? Back when what's his face? Uh, uh, Dale Earnhardt, rest his soul, used to drive the Wrangler, the blue and yellow Wrangler. He'd get out there, he get sideways, right? They all had Olds, they had Cutlasses, Monte Carlos. I think Harry Gann had the fucking, uh, I think he had a Grand Prix that had that fucking, the, the rear window was just straight. Wasn't even trying to be aerodynamic. Just chopped it right down the back. Those things were fucking badass cars, man. Those two-door coupes with that r- ridiculous fucking interior, that totally cheesy, uh, you know, where it all goes into the button, that plush interior. Those fucking cars were the shit, so they redid one. You know what kills me? The fucking gas monkey season is already over. Ten episodes. How the fuck does it go by that quick? That was a brutal season for me, everybody. Brutal season. It went by in fucking two seconds, and KC left the show. Um, I don't know. I wish that they had let him do more shit like the... I love when he did the lace top... And when he was trying to do the lowrider stuff, um, he was talking about how when they, they put so many layers of paint on it that it looks like you can actually, after a while, it creates the illusion you feel like you can actually reach down into it. How fucking killer is that? And just watching how they, I don't know, I have such a fucking respect for that. And they did so many cool projects this year where they try to do something different. They did the old caddy. They did a lowrider. They got that Ford GT. Um, such a great fucking season. And, I, and you know, I don't know, that, that show's the best, man. It just went, went by too fucking fast. Now what am I going to do, right? I had the same level of depression when, like, a fucking sports season ends. When they're like, tune in next week for the final episode of this season's Gas Monkey Garage. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? They just started. Probably because I binge-watched, like, five of them because I was on the road. Whatever. What the fuck am I talking about? Oh, wearing your emotions on your sleeve. Hey, guys, I'm getting better at that, huh? I usually go off on a tangent. I never come back. Wearing his, oh, fuck that. Fuck his or her. Wearing emotions, I'm typing with just my index finger, on sleeve. Definition, meaning, no. Origin, that's what I want. The origin. Origin of wearing your heart on your sleeve. Oh, that's how you say it, not your emotions. Uh, come on. Load, please. Advertising. Oh, look at that pretty girl with her lotions. Healthy-looking skin starts here with Eucerin. Continue our site. That was it. I just had to look at her. Oh, she was nice to look at. The origins of wearing your heart on your sleeve. All right, here we go. It was during the Roman Empire that St. Valentine is said to have left a note to his jailer's daughter. Oh, Jesus, how much was she trying to fucking piss off her dad by fucking one of the inmates, huh? From your Valentine, uh, before his execution on February 14th, today, thanks to St. Valentine, cards expressing one's heartfelt emotions, a.k.a. Valentine's, are given to that special someone. To defer to the classic idiom, it's a day to wear your heart on your sleeve. Was there an explanation in there? You started with a story and then you just deferred, which completely fucked me up. We use the phrase casually to mean exposing our true emotions, making ourselves vulnerable and letting it all hang out. The phrase is so pervasive that from Ringo Starr to Eminem to Carrie Underwood, 
Those words have turned into... Dude, are you trying to stretch this out any longer? This could have been one fucking paragraph. Wearing your heart on a sleeve. Oh, here we go. But what kind of sleeve? And why on a sleeve? I swear to God, I'm reading the copy. And not pants or legs and around your neck, there's no clear answer. You fucking asshole. But many... You fucking dick. That's why you were stretching it out. Because if you just wrote, I don't know, I wouldn't have clicked on your site. All right, we got to see it through, people. I'm sorry. There's no clear answer, but many legends attempt to to get at the heart of the matter. Now you're going to go into a pun after you tell me this is such a fucking train wreck. I can't stop. It may explain the source of the saying. The three most popular are, in the Middle Ages, Emperor Claudius II believed unattached men made better soldiers, so he declared marriage illegal. As a concession... He encouraged temporary coupling. Once a year during a Roman festival honoring Juno, men drew names to determine who would be their lady friend for the coming year. Once established, the man would wear a name on his sleeve for the rest of the festival. Jesus Christ, did the woman have any say? No, she's just a common hooah. Janet Rossi is a hooah. Uh, around that same time, it's speculated when a knight performed in a jousting match in the king's court, he dedicated his performance to a woman of the court by tying something of hers like a handkerchief around his arm. He let the court know the match would defend the honor of that woman. Or we can credit Shakespeare, and I'm not reading this Shakespeare. Oh, you want to hear me read Shakespeare? Where may, okay. Iago. It is sure as you are Rod- 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 Roderigo. Were I the more, I would be, I would not be Iago. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up, Billy. This is right here why I flunked all this shit. And following him, I follow but my, ah, dude, fuck you. Fuck you. All right, Jesus Christ. Why don't you, Jesus fucking Christ. That, you know how depressing that was? That fucking attempt right there. It's amazing. It's amazing I succeed in anything, isn't it? Um. Oh, by the way, they were doing this 20-year retrospective on the O.J. Simpson trial. It was funny. And they said the exact same shit that they said 20 years ago, how polarizing it was and how white people saw it one way and how black people saw it another way. Now, obviously, I'm not going to be dumb enough to try to speak for black people here. I wouldn't do that. But I'll tell you what, there was plenty of black people on that show speaking for white people. And, you know, I'm not saying they were 100% wrong, but they were never speaking for all the sports fans out there who happened to be white like me. The whole trial, when I was watching that, I was never thinking, oh, that son of a bitch black guy killed that pure blonde white woman. I never thought that shit. The entire trial, I thought the exact same thing. Anytime I would turn it on, I would think the exact same thing. I would be like, that is fucking O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson is sitting behind that table on trial for a double murder. I grew up watching that guy. You know, when he did the Hertz commercials, I was just, I was like five or six years old. And that old lady, go, OJ, go, right? When he would fucking jump over the luggage. I wasn't old enough to know that a black guy starring in a fucking commercial, like that was groundbreaking. I didn't. I just knew that that guy was fucking awesome. He had a cool nickname. My first pack of football cards I got, Cleo, for the love of fucking Christ, can you lay down, buddy? All right, get up here. Get up here. There you go. Lay down. See, I give in. I give in because you're so cute. Anyways, back to OJ. <laughs> um, my first pack of football cards that I got, he was right on top. Right on fucking top. I think the gum was in the back, so it didn't ruin it. And um, 
That was like my prized possession. And I remember I was so young when he got traded to the 49ers. And I got that Topps football card that me and my brothers used to call side year because everything was on when we used to trade. Like what year? Flag year, side year, football year, um, rather than the years. Um, I thought it was going to be worth money because he was on a different team. Like, wow, this is O.J. Simpson's on the 49ers. This is going to be worth money because people, you know, I didn't realize that the rookie card. I was young. I was stupid. And then I watched his fucking movies, The Naked Gun. I watched him on Monday Night Football when he was with Joe Namath. And he would be like, you know what I would have done right there? I would have cut back. He used to say what he would do. And then Joe Namath would always say the same thing. That was a really nice play. Play. He used to always say that shit. And it was a terrible year for Monday Night Football, but whatever. I just remember hearing shit that Bob Costas and Al Michaels, you know, weren't in contact with them anymore. I just, it was the first time I really remember watching somebody have it all and then fucking lose it all. And it was always... That's how I always looked at him. O.J. Simpson's 2003 fucking yards in a season, Heisman Trophy winner, star of the Naked Gun 1 and 2, and that fucking movie where he was the astronaut, right? And the thing goes bad, and then they try to kill him. That's who the fuck he was. And there he was just sitting there on trial. I couldn't fucking believe it. So... The next time they do one of those documentaries, they got to have a dope like me in there. Not going like, you know, in the history of the justice system, black people have always seen the white person get up. To me, it was it was fucking it was O.J. Simpson. All right. For you youngsters out there, just who's your guy? You know what I mean? Is there even a guy like that anymore? I don't know. I can't relate to it anymore because every time I look at an athlete now, it's just somebody half my fucking age living a dream that never happened to me. (laughs) Um, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. All right, where the fuck are we here? Let me get to well, let me get to some of the reads for the week here, and then I'm gonna go work out because I go to the gym every day. Um, I'm maintaining, guys. I put on a few, then I take it off. Put on a few, take it off, but I'm still in my fight and fucking weight. Um, which I don't even know what the fuck it is anymore. Which is good because I got acting work tomorrow, so maybe I'll look sexy and maybe I'll get some more work out of it. I don't know. Where the fuck is? Oh, did I close the wrong one? Yeah, oh, Jesus. Can this be like a new segment on the fucking podcast where Bill tries to find the fucking window that he opened and everything was fine and he had it all set up and then he fucks it up when he's on live? All right, contents. Contents. Hey, if you guys want to email the podcast, uh, bill at the mmpodcast.com. All right, DraftKings inside, insider explanation. All right, because I didn't get it last week. I didn't understand why. It was such a big fucking deal that some people from DraftKings won three hundred grand at FanDuel, and they were saying that they had inside information. It's like, and I was like, "What are you? What are you friends? Well, what are you, what are you friends with a player?" Um, so, Bill, not trying to be a cunt here, just explaining why that guy from DraftKings, what he did was considered insider information and made money. Basically, he had access to the percentage of ownership of the players. For example, he knew that fifty-eight percent of people were starting Brady. 13% were starting Russell Wilson, 80% start, uh, starting Julio Jones, etc. Obviously, these are not the real percentage. It's just an example. Well, even if they were, I wouldn't be able to figure out the math. So thank you for giving me round numbers. Anyways, he and, and uh, only others at DraftKings had that information, not anyone else, The general, meaning the general public. Um, 
that were playing in those games. The numbers are released after the lineups are locked, but he had them beforehand. Okay, so I understand that he had information, but I don't understand what you do with the information because I don't play fantasy football or do this shit. So hopefully you'll break it down a little more. He and the uh, um, player percentage owned is potentially the biggest factor when picking players. Why this is why is this significant? Dude, please don't ask the questions. Just fucking give me the answers. Why? I don't know. Well, the only way to actually make money and get ahead of other players is if you had different people starting than them, right? If 80% of the people are starting Julio Jones and you have him, you won't get ahead of people. You'll be even with them. Yeah, but if Julio has a bigger day, you're going to be fucked. So what this cunt did was look at the players with the lowest percentage owned that also had the highest potential oh, to have big games. He used this insider information he had at DraftKings to play in big money tournaments at FanDuel. Also, he won big money almost every day playing MLB Fantasy. It's not out of the question to think he could have had information from Shark. His buddies are the highest bidder. Oh, well, that's very interesting. That's really fascinating. That's going to be a great movie, right? That's going to be one of those Facebook movies. You know, some awkward guy is going to play the awkward guy that started it. No cool. Does anybody cool who's fucking, you know, can hold up their end of a conversation ever starting think It's like a really introverted thing, this computer stuff. It's amazing. They can't talk to people, yet what they make speaks to so many. Wow. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) There must have been a collective. Oh, Jesus, on that one. All right. NFL Pink. Dear Billy Schramm. Uh, if a guy like Phil Sims, Jim Nance, or Chris Collins were spoke out about extortion involved in the breast cancer awareness pink campaign, would they lose their job? Of course, if they said it's stupid, they'd just lose their job. But if they articulated the problem with parading survivors on the field at the beginning of the game, like during the New England-Dallas game, uh, while only giving pennies on the dollars to the actual cause, would they come under fire or be praised? Thanks. I think I've answered all of those questions. Um, look, I mean, the NFL is always going to sell jerseys. So they make some pink ones, and the pink ones they give 8%, evidently, allegedly, to uh, the cancer people, uh, the awareness people, and then they give 8% of that 8%. I don't know how it fucking works. I mean, it's better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, I think the the way they presented it, like, a portion of the proceeds fans all we hear is like oh i buy this jersey and then they give all this money you know i get a jersey it's not the color i wanted but it's going to help out people that are suffering um so yeah it's not it's not the most transparent advertising gives a fuck right they don't give a shit they didn't give a shit when ray rice fucking knocked out his fiance they only gave him two fucking games and they didn't give a fuck until the video came out then they suspended him forever they didn't give a fuck. Why? It's because Ray Rice fucking was making him a bunch of money. That's like, you know, they call it the Brady rule about not hitting low and hitting the quarterback late. It's not the Brady rule. It's the fucking money rule. They don't give a fuck about Tom Brady. Tom Brady makes some money. If Tom Brady's not playing, they lose money. So they're like, we got to protect that motherfucker. Not because Tom has any sort of influence. Although he is pretty dreamy to look at. Uh, lifeguard. Bill, I'm a lifeguard and a strong swimmer. I was at the beach last week, and I noticed a body go under. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. That's one of the scariest fucking... That's one of my biggest fears in life. The undertow was bad that day, and I had a bad feeling, so I swam to where I thought someone went under. I pulled up an 11-year-old kid. He had water in his lungs and was struggling. Dude, this better be true. 
because I, or you better go into writing because I'm riveted right now. I didn't need to give him, give full on CPR, but I did have to administer the proper response to get him to cough out the water. He wasn't small and he wasn't being stupid. That's just the way the ocean is. The next day, the newspaper tried to interview me. I really didn't want to. Every time someone does something and they're in the paper for it, it feels like a celebration. It's not. Someone could have died. I understand that I may have done something great. Are you doing the aw shucks thing? Is this like a humble brag? I've been told that. I just don't want to celebrate it. The reporter said that I was doing a dis- disservice because I was preventing the story from being inspiring. Do they need my soundbite? Can't the story be enough? Am I an asshole? No, you're not. You're not an asshole at all. Just fuck. You do what you do and then fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah, let them figure out what the fuck happened. I don't think you are. I don't think you're being an asshole at all. Uh, you know, if you're telling the truth and you're actually actually being honest right now, you didn't use your name, so you're not going to get any praise. I think what you do. I think what you did was great. Yeah, I don't need to fucking talk to you. I don't. We supposed to talk around about talk about how fucking great you are. I saw him go under, and I knew if I didn't get out there, if I didn't do something, nobody would. Um. No, I think uh, you know, especially this day and age when Jesus Christ sucking a dick gets you a TV show. You actually save somebody from drowning. I mean, probably get a fucking miniseries. Actually, is that better than a TV series? Well, most TV series don't get picked up. I don't know. Actually, you just get a pilot is what you really get. All right, Bill, you done? Yeah, I'm done. All right. My girlfriend wants to sell her panties online. How do you not read this? I don't, I don't, you guys, I don't even give a shit if these are real or not. These are very entertaining. Hey, Billy Beef Farts. Uh, my, <laughs> I don't know what that means. My situation is exactly what it sounds like. Last week, my girlfriend of six years asked me if I think it's okay if she sells her used panties online. Gross. To some of those weirdo fetishes who enjoys that kind of shit. I said, sure. Thinking, what's the harm? Well, what if one of those guys is in those was, was a forensic expert? And that's also his fucking, you know, and that's how he kind of, be, you know, going to all those murder scenes. He started sniffing panties. Now he's afraid he's going to get caught, so he orders them online. And then after a while, the smell isn't enough, so he starts dusting the panties for prints. And next thing you know, he's standing at your door with a fucking meat cleaver and a heart on. And you answer the door, you know? He's got one hammer for one. He's got the axe for the other. And you show up. That's going through your fucking head. And then he's going in looking for your pantyless girlfriend. I think you're fucking nuts. Anyways, I said, sure, thinking, what's the harm? We're both university students. She needs money, and what's the harm in milking these wackos for her old panties stained in clam juice? Dude, there's no way you love this woman. Um, Here's the problem. She tells me that she needs to have pictures taken in these panties to to prove to her potential clients that she did actually wear them. No, she doesn't. They want to smell them so they see her, so they can "Eh, eh, eh," fucking rub them out. Um, when she told me this, I wasn't really, it wasn't really in a way that was asking for permission. Not that I would expect her to, not that I would expect her to. This is how much the, the fucking American male has been beaten down that if they don't let the woman in their life do every fucking thing that she, every fucking fucking idea that comes to her head if they get in the way of it they're crushing her dream how about if if you're fucking you're not even her boyfriend at this point you're just an entourage member just going hey where are we going tonight oh that's cool 
can you be a fellow? Can, do you love this woman? Don't fucking let her do this. This is a dumb fucking idea. Don't you have dumb ideas? Doesn't she say to you every once in a while, hey, that's a stupid idea? And then afterwards, you're like, Jesus Christ, what was I thinking? Thank God you're in my life. This is when you need to step up, not stand down. She just, uh, dude, if she fucking does this, she's basically, she's in the porno industry. Her picture's going to be online on a panty sniffer fucking website. What, what, what fucking job do you get after that? And it, and it lives forever. And they'll wait. They'll wait till she's running for office. You know, or she starts her own fucking campaign to stop some fucking disease, right? And then that thing's going to come out. The old patty panty sniffer fucking photo is going to come out. Anyways, he says, but more of, of, anyways, not that I would expect her to. Dude, what the, what if the, what if you dabbled into the porn industry? How the fuck you were going to do it with just a picture? Huh? I don't know. It's fucking crazy. Anyways, but more of a this would be part of the deal kind of way she brought it up to up to me. Immediately, I tell her that I have a huge problem with this. Well, all right then. All right then. You scared me there earlier. And she should not be doing it. She argues that, and I quote, I like the attention it gets. All right, dude. You know what this is the sound of? That is the sound of you backing up the dump truck that she's laying in the back of and dumping that bitch in the trash. Dude, this is not the mother of your kids. This, uh, uh, God bless her. I don't know who the fuck fucked her up. It's, it's over. Out. It's over, dude. It's out. And it's done. I, I don't even need to read the rest of this. He goes, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? I'll tell what you're supposed to do keep my mouth shut and act like a cuckold or f- or fight this thing to the bitter end i know it's her body and she has the right to do anything with it shut the fuck up with that jesus christ these fucking feminists you guys have turned into zombies this isn't like a date rape situation here i get she does have the right to do it but you're stopping her from getting into the porn industry but it makes me feel like a complete tool it should any input would be appreciated, Bill. I think I told you. I think I told you what you should do, dude. Just, yeah, yeah, you know what? This is the deal, okay? Even if she goes, you're going to break up with me? Well, then forget it. I won't do it. <laughs> I can't live without you. Fuck that. Whatever this is, this, this is, this is going to rear its ugly fucking head again. I like the attention it gets. She likes that kind of attention, okay? I'm telling you right now, dude. I'm telling you right now, somebody that likes that kind of fucking of attention, if it's not the attention that she can get within a fucking one-on-one monogamous relationship, all right? Now, whether she'll ever act on it and go even further, end up on a pole or blowing somebody behind a dumpster down at a Denny's after she ate some bad scrambled eggs, who's to fucking know? All you know is that you're rolling the dice with, with half of your shit if you ever marry this kid, this, this kid, this woman and have kids. You know, and the kids are going to halfway fucking look like her. Oh, dude, I'm just flying down the road with this thing. Dumper, dude. Dumper. That's a deal breaker. I'm sorry. That's a fucking deal breaker. Done. Over. All right. Just be like, listen, uh, we've come to a fork in the road 
and uh, you want to be a model for a panty sniffing website, which I totally respect. And uh, I would like to be with somebody that I can trust, you know, who doesn't need the attention of some of the fucking weirdest people on the Internet. Okay. Good luck and thank you for playing. Now, have you guys ever listened to the uh, the All Things Comedy podcast that I do, I do live with uh, Al Madrigal? Have you ever listened to those? Al Madrigal, okay, is a very busy man, so he might not have time to give you breakup advice. Al Madrigal has the greatest way how you break up with a woman that you, if you're not living with this woman, the greatest way ever. And I'm giving him full credit here. And he's already told the story on a podcast, so I don't feel like I'm overstepping my bounds here. This is the greatest way ever. This is what he would do. When he did, knew that he was going to break up with a woman, and, and, and uh, women can do this too. He would, and the, the woman was not living with him, he would gather up all of her shit that was in the apartment and he would put it in a box. He'd call her up, said, I need to come over there and talk to you. He'd come over with the box tell her it was over and then he would fucking leave and then there was nothing else there was no reason for her to come back and that was it that's what you need to do with her you need to pack up all her panties that she's going to be selling and modeling soon so she can become a fucking jerk off model okay and she's free to do that because it's her body snap 12 to 6 right is that what they do it's her fucking body. It's her right. She's an independent woman. Beyonce, the whole fucking thing. Feminism, yeah. I'm doing this shit. Have fun, sweetheart. Right? She's going to go become a jerk-off model. And if you stay with her, you will become a jerk-off. And you don't want to do that because eventually it's going to breed resentment. And, uh, you know, dude, like, you, you, it's going to be over. You can't marry her. You can't fucking marry her. It's done. It's fucking over. It's going to get out. Then your neighbor's going to find out. Then your neighbors are going to be jerking off to her. And then you're going to get a nickname. You know? It's, it's, it's fucking over. God help you if your name starts with P. Right? Peter, Paul, any of that shit that, that's the alliteration with panty. I don't know what the fuck it's going to be, but it's, it's going to be a fucking nightmare. Jerk off Jerry. I don't know what the fuck it's going to be, but dude, you need to get out. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Anything Better podcast for the NFL edition going into week number six. How the heck is everybody doing? We have another great show of picks today. It was an interesting week. But first, before we get into the show, we have to shout out our great sponsor, the BetMGM people, the BetMGM app, the best one out there, guys. Uh, You know how it works by now. Uh, All you got to do is put $10 in. Okay, a minimum of $10 and you will get up to $200 in wagers regardless of the outcome of your first wager. Regardless. It's a, it, regardless. It's a very, Freddy very. Soto, fun. rest his soul. Who? Freddie Soto. Oh, to do his dad. Oh, rest his soul. Ever. Rest his soul. Um, all you guys have to do is download the BetMGM app. Okay, use our code for the show, which is BURR200. That's right. Very simple. B-U-R-R 200. Put $10 in. You'll get up to $200 in wagers uh, regardless of the outcome of the bet. Okay. Please bet responsibly. And also they are still doing, you can still get in to their uh, survivor pool, which is no spread. 
You just pick a team that's going to win. As long as that team wins that week, that team will be eliminated from your list. Then you go to another team the next week. And as long as you stay in there, if you win it in the end, you will still get some prizes. There you go. Bet MGM, bet responsibly, have fun with it. A minimum of two, uh, a minimum of $10 in up to $200 of wages, regardless of your first bet. Bonus code. Regardless. 200. Now. I can't hear that word and not think about him. The the Anything Better podcast did very, very well this week. We went, uh, I went three and one. Bill went two and two. I know Andrew and, and Jake the Snake, they throw their bets in. Everybody, every, everybody's picks last week did pretty good. All right. You know, handsome last week, Paul, was your record. Paul Verzi, you, if, if you want excitement, you got to watch Paul Verzi this. It's going to be a bloodbath either way. I mean, it's like the Corrales-Castillo fight. He's going, oh, and one and three, three and one. You fuck. You guys are just grabbing the wheel from each other. Uh, I'm fucking steady Eddie. Yeah. Two and two, yeah. two and two, two and two. Win some, yeah, but you lose you're, some. Yeah, you're still two games over, though. You're two games over. I'm two games under. Um, I'm nine and 11. And you, are 11 and, and you are I'm 11 centrist. and nine. Um, dude, I got to tell you guys something since we're on this show here. Uh, last night, I performed at Gotham Comedy Club for the Willie Colon Foundation. Willie Colon played for the Patriots, the Jets, and he won a Super Bowl with the Steelers when Roethlisberger threw that last second pass to uh, Santonio Holmes uh, in the end zone against the Cardinals. He was So they had this thing. Him and his wife came out. It was for lupus. Dude, Bart Scott was in there. Nick Mangold of the Jets was in there. Dude, 10 feet in front of me, CC Sabathia. Dude, I had CC Sabathia. Uh, oh, dude, I was like, CC, I don't even care about stand up, man. Just come to the Yankees. We're a mess. We need you. He's laughing, right? So, uh, so anyway, I'm on stage and I did the knee. You know, there's a big thing going on in New York about Evan Neal, the offensive uh, Giants offensive lineman who said, Yeah, keep booing me. You think I care? He goes, A lion doesn't care about a lamb. He goes, you animals up there are, you know, you think I care. You're flipping burgers and hot dogs and I'm living my dream, right? So everyone's going like, you know, the New York media. Can I tell you something? I loved every second of that. Dude, and the New York media went nuts. So last night I go, guys, I got to talk about something. And this place is littered with NFL players, NFL fans. And I go, you know, I'm a New York football Giants fan. And they started going nuts. And some people started screaming Jets, right? And I say, you know, Evan Neal said this and everybody's waiting. And I just go, and as a Nick, I said, and as a giant fan who sits up there with those people, I go, he is absolutely right. Fuck those people, dude. And it was at Willie Cologne. And I, I was, they go, keep going. Oh, dude, it was the best. It was the best. Yeah, because you know what it is? For some reason, uh, athletes have to treat the crowd with 100% respect. You know what the reason? It's the money. The NFL some shut up. Well, the crowd treats them with no respect. Like, you know, I understand that they shouldn't have been throwing stuff, but, you know, there's no reason to go into the crowd. There's absolutely a fucking reason. Somebody throws something at you as a professional athlete. You should be able to go out and beat the shit out of that guy in his fucking water balloon body. You absolutely should. That would stop that behavior. And if you wanted to stop the rude behavior by fans who were completely out of fucking control and were back in the day, we probably even worse because there was no cameras, dude. I mean, it was fucking, you know, the shit that was said. You didn't bring women or kids to the game. But like every once in a while, an athlete, just like in hockey, Paul, which started last night, two nights ago, you got to, you know, if every once in a while, like somebody just went in the crowd and beat the fuck out of somebody's dad who got a little sideways. 
I think the behavior at the crowd and, and then stadiums would be a lot better. Yeah. And, and um, they just showed something with Saquon Barkley and Saquon tweeted like, don't turn me into that. Fuck. You know what you did, but somebody was cheering Daniel Jones's neck injury and Saquon heard him and Saquon just turned around and goes, you're a little bitch ass motherfucker. You know that? Like, and he did it so kind of low key and he was right. And it was just like, yeah, man, like you don't cheer a guy's neck injury. You don't cheer a guy to be hurt. You don't cheer a guy to be hurt. You know, Paul, when you You throw your back out and you can't golf, I never cheer. (laughs) (laughs) What's your record for the year? The silent assassin. How you doing over there? Um, Up and down these last two weeks, though, I've been pretty, pretty good. Um, what was it? Four and a week four and then week five. Yeah, that's week, pretty good, Jake. Like I knew you were that's pretty good. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that is good. Fucking it was like, play over there, Paul. <laughs> yeah. This All week right. was like so three, Jake's one, gonna... two, and two. Um, you know, around there because the Texans and Packers were kind of tough losses. But I picked the same game Wait, as so Jersey. Four and oh, three and one and two and two. If I'm doing my math correctly, you're eight and three over the last three weeks. That's pretty good, Jake. Yeah, I'm, yeah, but you know it's up and down. You never know what's going to happen. Jake, we signed you on this show. You had you had a contract that you weren't going to do better than the hosts. All right, you're in violation right now. All right, let's get back to it here. Jake, killing right. it, man, killing. All right, all right. So, uh, Andrew, this is week six. That means I have the first pick. Yes. Uh, Bill. Oh, it's to- all about you, Paul. It's you know, my we're turn. just sitting here waiting for your first pick. Hey, hey, it's my turn. Fucking prom queen over here. Hey. You know, I don't know what you want me to tell you. If it was your turn, I would give you the baton. <laughs> the baton. Uh, baton. <laughs> um, dude, this I'm not gonna lie. I was I was just saying before you came on, looking at these lines, there's like six games that are under three points. Um, but the first pick that I'm just gonna go with the game that 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 stuck with me from when I saw it. I saw it at the beginning. And I'm going to stick with it. They're at home. I'm going to – I like Joe Burrow again. I think that they're going to go f- t- turn the season to 500 because they're 2-3 and three right now. They're minus 2.5 at home against Seattle. Even the Giants hung with Seattle until they made horrible, horrible mistakes late in the game. I think Joe Burrow's leg is better the way he was launching that fucking thing last week. I, I, I like the Bengals minus two and a half at home. That's one I could kind of sleep if they lose. I could sleep. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. I'm coming out of the gate, Paul. I'm coming out of the gate. I, I like the, the 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 Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I just think they're way more talented than the Jets, and they got one of the best offensive lines. And, Paul, who's kidding who? There's a lot of quarterbacks getting a ton of shit out there, and, and if you really watch the game, all they're doing is running for their life, and they don't have time for the play to set up Jimmy Garoppolo. Guy was running uh, for his fucking life. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones running for his life. Mac Jones running for his life. Oh, bring in, bring in fucking Zippy or Zappy. He's running Joe for Burrow. his life. Joe Burrow. Oh, Jesus. Jake, you trying to give me a little fucking little hint there with that two and a half? I like that. Uh, so I'm going to take the Eagles. Um, also, sort of my low-key uh, upset to go to the Super Bowl. I just think everybody's like, oh, the 49ers, you know, really proved something with the Cowboys and blah, 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 and all the money's going to go that way. And what's Vegas going to do, Paul? They're going to pick up a green phone and make, <laughs> make a phone call. And that's plus seven, Bill. Hey, 
<laughs> Purdy not ready for this NFC championship game. Um, All right. So I'm taking the Eagles minus seven. Eagles minus seven, huh? Cool. All right. Well, Paul got quiet there. I think Paul knew his first pick. I don't think he knew his second pick. No, I, I, I've been looking. Um, I think. <laughs> listen, I like, listen. I like, dude, you know, I think this is the first time I'm picking them this year. They're at home. I, I really don't think what's going on in Washington is good. I think Ron Rivera is, they're talking about him being on the hot seat. They started out. Okay. Dude, the Falcons are quietly three and two, and they've been in every fucking game. Pretty the Falcons are have been there. Um, they are minus two and a half. It's a game at home. I'm gonna take this, and I heard a stat. Now this could be bad or good, but this kid Riddler, 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 the, what's his name? The fucking uh, you know the kid. He's never lost a home game in college or or in the pros when he's home. He hasn't lost a home game, this kid. Is Can entire- I ask you a question, Paul? What in the fuck does that have to do with this week? I, I just Ollie, said it has. Those are completely different teams. I just said that. It has nothing to do with it, but it's interesting. That's all I said. It's interesting. All right. You know uh, what it is, Paul? I have a lot of pressure right now. My kids want me to go take a miniature golfing. I told them I had to do a podcast, so they're like, you know, in their pajamas still, acting like they're ready to golf, and they're giving me shit. So I, I, maybe I've been a little too wound up, and I apologize. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons minus two and a half at home. You're out of your fucking mind. No, I'm kidding. At, against the <laughs> hapless. I shouldn't say hapless yet, but against the wavering, I don't know, uh, Washington Commanders. I got the Falcons. Oh, we're just seeing it the exact opposite because I like the Commanders. Oh. I'm not going to pull the trigger yet, but I, I just feel like the fucking Falcons are the Falcons. And every time you think the Falcons aren't the Falcons, they start falconing. I like the Ravens to bounce back. These are two teams I like, the Ravens and the Titans. It's at the Titans. I don't know. I feel like whatever the Titans were doing is not working anymore. I don't know if they're they're running back. They used them too much or something, but they were like steady Eddie for me. The Ravens lost for me last week. I'm staying with this stripper, man. I'm not breaking up with it yet. I'm going to take the Ravens minus four. So I got two. That's a great pick. That's in London, and the Ravens have been resting in London. So that's a great pick. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. What are the Titans been doing? What do they go to Amsterdam and they're the doing Titans drugs? are fucking dude. The Titans, I'm done with it. The Titans stink. So Raven, Ravens are laying four, right? Yep. Okay, cool. I'll take the Ravens laying four. That's a great in pick. London. That's a win. That's a dub, I think. Well, then you would have taken it. All right, dude. No, nah, I didn't see it, dude. I uh. I mean, well, I what's going I, on with you, man? You got like my my dog just died. Fucking vibe. No, because the, no, 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 no. I'm just concentrating. These lines are fucking scaring me, man. Like this is a week. Everything's three, two and a half. I don't, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm concentrating. You know, listen, Bill. That's, I'm, that's I'm, as good as that. Just listen. What are you doing, Paul? I'm concentrating. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Like this, this. I'm not gonna touch that game. I just don't know. I'm going to, you know what, man? Oh, yeah, this scares me. I'm going to. This is like when the dollars, the, I mean, the dollar collapsing and Paul Versey saying, I don't know. I mean, those are two things. I mean, I, I never heard. I never, Paul, I've known you almost 20 years. I never heard you say, I don't know. On sports, Paul, you always know. Dude, is oh, Saquon no. playing? I see. I don't know if Saquon's playing. They, they're not listing it yet. The Giants are Paul, getting. Oh, they're disrespecting your fucking Giants. 
big by two touchdowns and a half a point. They're going to get up, Paul, and then they're going to go into the fucking prevent. They're going to give you a touchdown. Maybe a backdoor cover happens. Who's your backup quarterback? Daniel Jones hurt his neck. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Mobile Tyrod Taylor. Getting the first downs, eating up the clock. Tyrod Taylor should have been the starting quarterback of the fucking San Diego Chargers, but they went to numb him up. They punctured his lung, and that's how he lost his job. Holly. All right, here's what I'm going to do, dude. I didn't want to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm calling an audible right now during the show. Here you go. This is live action audible. I'm going to get... I'm gonna give this to you. I'm pointing. I'm pointing at the. I'm pointing at linebackers. <laughs> I got pencils everywhere. I got pencils. I got fucking. Uh, I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the team whose quarterback has yet to throw an interception this year, and they're in every game. And I got bit in the ass at the last second, which I would have went four and zero. I'm gonna give them another shot this week at home. I'm gonna take the Houston Texans, formerly known as the Houston Oilers. At home against the Saints, getting one and a half. All right, Paul. They, they're the new franchise. The Titans were used to be known as the Oilers. Then they yes, became the Tennessee Oilers. I know. Sorry. I didn't mean to fight. I just got to make sure, you know, these kids today. They don't they, they don't know their goddamn history. All right. Now it's supposed to, now it's 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 building underdog time. Um I just think the Bengals are gonna be back and forth all this year. I don't think that they got the pieces or whatever. I do love Joe Burrow and that type of stuff, but I just think um, two and a half. I fucking hate two and a half, but I don't know. Seahawks, man. I I just think, I think Geno Smith, I think uh, Metcalf, I like their defense, even though, you know, they haven't had the greatest defense, but like, that's what people said last week when they go, they don't have a good defense. Well, they fucking, the under still came in. Uh, and then Pete Carroll. I just think Sneaky Pete is really good at coming up with a game plan for the players that he has uh, to be hanging in two and a half, you fucking cunt. Uh, you, uh, all right, I'm taking the Seahawks. I'm taking the Seahawks two and a half. Another, all right, that's another head to head. Another head to head. And I'm trying really hard, Paul. To not take the Commanders, too, because I don't believe in the fucking Falcons. The Falcons are that bipolar hot chick you date, you know? She says she loves you, and then you come outside, and what has she done, Paul? She she fucking knifed up your convertible top. <laughs> All right. Um, I love your pick so far this weekend. I'm really not just saying that. I, I, your bill is steady Eddie, dude. Uh me, you're right. I just come out. It's a slugfest with me the first half of this year. <laughs> <laughs> There's no boxing. These guys, just two guys beating the shit out of each other. You and the bookie, you guys are like in a slap fight, and neither one of you has gone down yet. All right, here's the deal, dude. Which I'm going with the team that got so embarrassed. I'm going with the team whose fan base is disgusted. I'm going with the fan base that just can't handle it anymore. And they got fucking bitch slapped, just like my Giants week one. That's what happened to them last week. But this week, they are two and a half point favorites on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers. I am going to take 
the Dallas Cowboys, after getting spanked by the 49ers, to bounce back, right the ship. I know they had a tough week at practice after that beating. And Dak is, they're calling for Dak's head. I think he's going to bounce back and have a big game. I'm going to take the Cowboys uh, at SoFi, minus two and a half. You know what's funny? I stayed away from that game. And after listening to you break down the game, I fucking love that pick. I love oh. that pick because the Chargers are another team. Who the fuck are they? Yeah. Who are you? All right. Can somebody explain to me why the Vikings are only two and a half point favorites over the Bears? Did half yes. of their team? Yeah, Justin what Jefferson. Happened? Justin Jefferson, the number one receiver in football. He's out for at least six weeks. Uh, Kirk Cousins been running for his fucking life. They're, they're every, it's, a, it's a mess over there. When the fuck did it become a mess over there? Um, all right. Now now I'm flying by the seat of, seat of my freckled pants here. I got I to gotta pick a fucking game here. Cardinals getting six and a half at the Rams. Classic divisional rivalry. Those games are usually close. Lions minus three. The Buc Who are the Buccaneers, Paul? Dolphins, 13 and a half over the Panthers. I fucking hate all of this. Paul, I hate all of this. Do I the risk lock, going 0-4? I mean, Do dude, I the, the lock of the week for me, if, if if Daniel Jones and Saquon played, the 14 and a half is, is a lock for the, you know, but I don't know if he's going to come back. His ankle's taped up. That's why I couldn't pull the trigger, Bill. That's why that's why Paulie looks confused this week. <laughs> I don't know because they're not know. they're, there's, they're there's, not there's, announcing they're not announcing the injuries if they're going to play. It's like game time decision shit. Dude, how the fuck did the Saints win thirty four to nothing and now they're only minus one and a half favorites? The Texans defense is that fucking good, huh? I mean, Dude, they've the been Texans, they've been in every game, huh? The Texans are coming, man. I really they're good. Like they're well, a good I might young as well team. Flip a coin. I might as well flip a fucking coin because I don't like any of this shit. Uh, Patriots going to the Raiders. I, I I don't even know who the Patriots are anymore. They're like the Sullivan Stadium Patriots after fucking last week. Still going to watch it, though, Paul. Still going to watch it. Um. All right. For my fourth and final pick, he says, while stalling. Um, <laughs> I do that, I'm going to take the Commanders. You know what? The Falcons are going to fucking lose that game because they're the Falcons. Oh, Bill and okay. I got two head-to-heads this week. You know what, Paul? If you win them both, then we're tied, and that's good for the ratings. Wait a minute. What did I do here? No, you I beat got the, me once. We I went got one the 49ers. I got the Eagles. I got the Seahawks. And the Ravens. What do I feel? And you, no, you um, went back on the 49ers. You went back you, on the 49ers. You didn't take the 49ers. You went to the Ravens. Yeah, Ravens, Commanders, Seahawks, Eagles. Well, well okay. Oh, that's right, because the 49ers went up to seven and a half. Yes. Yeah, from yes. six. Yeah, fuck that game. All right. Hey, Paulie. Uh oh, picks. I got my picks. You know what I'm looking at here? You know what I'm looking Steady at here? Freddy with my over here, Paul. <laughs> I'm looking at hopefully two and two. I'm scared this week. I'm scared. No. Hey, Paul. Your lips to your your words to the to to from your lips to the bookie's ears. However that expression goes. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time for. Oh, let the midnight special boo boo win some money for you. Come Monday on, Paul. Night. We got to hit it this time. Let, let the, the Monday, Monday night, night special, special make some win money. Some for fucking you. money for you. We've been, uh, you know what? If people have been sort of using our 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 Monday night special, it's like uh, not the parts car, the part that the, you have the parts car and then the car you're building on. We keep going two out of three, Paul. When the fuck are we going to grow a collective dick here 
and pick a fucking winner for these people. This week, Cowboys over the Chargers, I like. Minus two and a half. I like you, that. All right. Dak Prescott to throw one. Who's he going to go to? To to Johnny Lamb Jones, C.D. Lamb? I mean, Tony Pollard healthy, Jake? Are you just picking him because he has an Italian he first name? No, what? Paul can't lay off a fucking Anthony, a Tony, a fucking Calatri, whatever his fucking name was in the Bronx tale. What are we doing here, Paul? Put the pasta away and let's use our fucking brains here. That's, uh... There's trivia for people. Chaz Palminteri's real name in real life is Calodro, and that's why he did that in a Bronx tale. That's what Chaz is short for. Chaz. Chaz, yeah. Oh. It's like the Hollywood. Cheer Cheerios. I thought he ate Cheerios while listening to jazz. Um, so, you know, some jokes hit, some jokes don't. Some picks work, some picks. I'm the two and two kid, Paul, even on the comedy stage. <laughs> Um, I don't think we touched the under over because it's just, it's, it's, what is it? Yeah. It's 50 and a half. Are you like the under 50 and a half? That's a lot of, well, this is what I do think. I think that both, both, you know, people think, oh my God, the chargers offense, the Cowboys offense. And they, I don't know. I don't know anything about the Chargers, Paul, other than that. They rent a football stadium from the LA Rams. How is their defense? Defense. I mean, dude, there. Uh, it's just one of Mr. those. Mr. President, how is your aching back? Terrible. <laughs> Their defense is terrible. Oh, is that what JFK said? Terrible or like, uh, uh, like slightly under average? Jake's a Chargers fan, so he's coming honest on this one. I don't think okay. he's happy with the defense. They're underachieving. How about that? <laughs> they should be you, better. Uh, Jake, you like Dallas to win the game? You like Dallas with the points or no? I mean, no, but I mean, I'm going to pick my team. <laughs> All right. Now, he, he's he's uh, in his feelings here, Paul. I like Dallas. I think – okay, so the Chargers defense stinks. I think everybody's going to think it's going to go over. I think it goes under. Keenan Allen. Know, but you know, it hasn't been a shootout in a while, Paul. One of those fucking wild 34 to 28 games. I, I see it. See, I see a shootout. I see points I in see this. I see a shootout, too. I like it, Paul. Let's get a fucking eight ball and just watch this game, dude. I'm flying out there. No. Uh <laughs> what, about Pat, what about passing over unders? Right now it's Dak 257 and a half. Uh Justin Herbert uh 281 and a half. Do you think either one of those guys goes over under? I think Justin Herbert goes over. It's pretty good. I agree. I like Justin Herbert to go over. I like the fucking over and I like the Cowboys to win. And I want to put some money in the people's pocket, Paul, for once. You said that so confidently. I'll go with that. You said that like that was going to happen. I like it. I just had a double espresso. I'm liking what my brain's saying right now. Let's do it then. Let's do Cowboys to win by three. Justin Herbert to throw 288 yards. 281 and, and a half. 281 and a half. So oh, just and a half. Oh, fuck that. No, no. <laughs> two, so, so wait a minute. So it goes to 282. So he just got to throw 282. Yeah. All right. So Cowboys to win by three. Herbert to throw, throw 282 in the flat, yards. Get 200 yards, Paul. All he needs is one long one. We're in there. Matt Prescott over under to throw one interception. Wait, we're going. We're taking the under or the over? On the Herbert, you guys said over. 
No, no. What's the third bet? Cowboys to win. We're Herbert. taking the over. We think it's going to be a third. shootout, Paul. The over was a third, Jake? Yeah. Okay. 50 and a half. 281 and a half. So we need a 20. Okay. A lot so of half. Need... Oh, so we need. So we're just rooting for points on Monday night. We're rooting for points. We're rooting for points and we're, <laughs> we're rooting for the favorite, which makes no fucking sense. Um. All right. I like it. Hey, Paul, we both went to public schools here. Let's not overthink this. All right. All right. We're well, in the parking lot. We just cracked open a first one and went down a little hard. Now we're in the group. All right. So I'm going to recap mine and Bill, you recap yours. For week six, I have the Cincinnati Bengals minus two and a half. I have the Atlanta Falcons minus two and a half. I have the Houston Texans plus one and a half. And I have the Dallas Cowboys minus two and a half. Paulie favorites this week. All right. I got the Ravens minus FOA against the Titans. In London. Uh, I got the Commanders and Chiefs. The Illuminati guys. Plus two and a half over the fucking Falcons. I got the Seahawks plus two and a half over my Bengals. I don't know why I'm doing that. I love Joe Burrow. Uh, I got the Eagles minus seven. Against those J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Coming off a victory on the road. Against the Broncos. You've seen it a million times. Their fans are excited. Here we go. Let's get it going again. Right to the fucking drink, Paul. All right. Well, those are our picks. And our Monday night special will be the Dallas Cowboys minus two and a half. Justin Herbert to throw over 281 and a half yards and the over 50 and a half. Monday night, guys, if you're rolling with us, let's get some points. And hopefully they pull it out in the end. Sorry, Jake the Snake. What can you do? It's just one week. Uh, it's just one week. Your team happens to fall on Monday night, and we think Dallas is going to bounce back. It's nothing personal, Jake. The we problem with the Chargers is they don't have Jake on the sideline. He's that classic, doesn't look like a football guy, but it's got these analytics. I'm telling you. Jake is our Jonah Hill from Moneyball. You just lean over. There's not much expression. You whisper in his ear. Then he whispers back to you. And then you say what has to happen. That's exactly what and it is. More times than not, the man is right. <laughs> Andrew Themelis is the Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, that's good great. All He's right, the guy that's... that sells the movie. All right, Paul. Let's uh, let's get out of here. I got to take my kids' miniature that's, golf. <laughs> that's have funny mini, have fun mini golf with your kids. That's it, everybody. Just go to the BetMGM app, download the app, use bonus code Burr two hundred B U R R two zero zero. Put as little as ten dollars in, you get a, up to two hundred dollars in wages, regardless of the outcome of your first bet. Bet responsibly. The survivor pool is still there. You could get into that. Still get your prizes and. 